17 verses 15 to 19 it says then God added and this is the living Bible then God added in his discussion with Abraham uh, regarding Sarah your wife her name is no longer Sarai Sarai but Sarah, which means princess, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly. Tell somebody God's going to bless you richly. And, and make her the mother of many nations. Many kings shall be among your posterity. Then Abraham threw himself down in worship before the Lord, but inside he was laughing in disbelief. Uh, he said, me, be a father, and he said this in amusement, me at 100 years old, but this is the point I want. And he said, Sarah to have a baby at 90? And Abraham said to God, yes, do bless Ishmael. But the Lord said, no, that isn't what I said. I said, Sarah, I, I don't want what you made, Ishmael. I mean, Abraham, I want what I made. Sarah shall bear you a son, and you are to name him Isaac, which means laughter. And I will sign my covenant with him forever and his descendants. Amen. I want to speak to you on our theme for 2019, the year of promise. The year of promise. What did I say? 2019. I am already there. Amen. Amen. Actually, that's actually 2019 is the 100th year of the UPCAG and 100 years so we got to get ready for that too but 2017 is the year of promise amen. amen can somebody say amen it is the year of promise a promise and I want to encourage you uh, it is the it is the 90th year that our church will be in existence uh, our church officially celebrates its birthday March 27th, I believe. But we're, we're, and we will put a marker down saying, yes, this is our birthday, 90 years. But at the same time, we're going to celebrate it in full fledged. We're going to have a, we're really going to celebrate. I'm not even going to tell you what we're going to do because I actually don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> but we're going to celebrate 90 years of existence in the month of October. So I want to encourage you uh, to, as, as you hear that stirring about, uh, 
But at the same time, in, in this text, you have, you have Abraham, uh, particularly Sarah, who at this point has waited 25 years and nothing has happened. And now God shows up and says, it's about to happen right now in your 90th year. And I'm quite sure there's some of you who are tired of hearing this is my year breakthrough. Amen. You know, you, you don't want to hear any more slogans. The Lord will fulfill your dream in 2017. No, you don't want to hear that anymore. You, and I'm not sure what that means, the year of promise, but I do know this, that by the end of this year, you're going to be in a different place than you were at the beginning of this year. And 90 years is, is a long time to be in a, in a city and in a place doing the work of the Lord. There are some churches that don't even stand the test of time of five or ten years. But 90 years is, when, when you last that long, it is a tribute to powerful, wonderful, faithful people, as, and I'm so grateful for Elder Albert's prayer, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, probably next Sunday. But more importantly, it's a, it's, a, it's a tribute to the faithfulness of God. And that's what we want to make sure we're celebrating, the faithfulness of God. But I want to encourage you so that you know where we're going and what we're trying to accomplish. And so this sermon basically... And I've never done this before, but I'm going to now do this for the first time. And that is, you know, usually you have Vision Sunday, you, you hit it, and then you move on. But I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to split this up into two messages this week and next week so that you and I can really run together and see God fulfill some things in 2017. Man. I, I want to talk to you. Uh, especially those of you who may be new to the church or those who are watching on stream, I want to talk to you about uh, what our goals are for 2017 so that you know what we're striving after, what we're investing our time, our talent, and certainly our treasure into so at the end of the year we can look back and again give glory to God for his faithfulness. Just to put them all out there, and I'll talk about them individually later. Uh, our goals for 2017 is, number one, to repair PT South, the outside of this church. Amen. Amen. To repair the outside of this church. Secondly, it is to reorganize our structure and how we operate. Thirdly, it is... We're going to rejoice and celebrate the 90th like we have never celebrated in this church before. And then fourth, uh, we are going to be really intentional about raising up a new generation of leaders in our church. And so, you know, please understand we're really going to invest in that and hopefully 
uh, you'll see some of what that looks like. I, I want to just talk about the first two, and that is repair PT South, organize our structure so you can understand uh, what that means. Uh, we're, we're, we're grateful for the faithfulness of God. Last year or in December, I, I shared with you, and I, I want to say this, uh, I am blessed to pastor a wonderful people, a, a good people. You are a good congregation. You're a good congregation because you love Jesus and you hate sin. A lot of churches don't love Jesus and a lot of churches don't hate sin. And I don't take that for granted. And I, I remember when I was celebrating my birthday, which was Friday, I went to my two daughters, Vanessa and Jessica, and I just said, you know what? I just want to let you know that I am a man most blessed, that I have two wonderful, godly daughters. And I just want to say thank you for being good daughters. Sometimes, um, sometimes parents, we need to thank our children. Especially, and, and I was sharing with somebody after when I said that, I said, you know, too often we wait till some other parent tells us something that is just so over the top with their child that's bad that we go back and say, oh, you know, you're, you're, no, thank you, you're a good child. But you know what? Sometimes we just need to tell our children, not simply we love them, but thank you for being good children. Amen. Some of you don't know how blessed you are. Amen. 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 And, and so um, I want to say that to the congregation, that I thank you for being such a good congregation. We had as our uh, goal, as I share with you, that I wanted us to raise um, $150,000. And the reason why I wanted to do that is to be a good steward over God's money. We wanted to pay one year worth of mortgage pay. In other words, we wanted to get our debt down because once we finish paying the debt, then we can do more in the kingdom of God instead of paying it to the bank. Are you with me so far? So we decided that if we could... Uh, raise $150,000, uh, $10,000 was going to be given to the city of Cambridge for 70, 70 families were displaced uh, because of the tremendous uh, fire that took place on December 3rd. And we wanted to give the city as a church $10,000. And then the under $140,000 is what we pay in mortgage every month for PT South and also for our office space uh, at 345 Washington Street. God was uh, kind of, uh, as he usually does, uh, does crazy stuff that's beyond our means. And for some reason, uh, he allowed us to buy two buildings in eight months, which yeah, if I thought about what I was doing, I would have said, this is crazy. But when you're in, have you ever been in a place where you were under the anointing? And you're like, I believe God. And then when the anointing left, you said, what am I doing? <laughs> uh -huh. 
So just so that you know that our mortgage for these two spaces is somewhere around uh, uh, $11,500 a month. Amen. And so uh, I want to report to you that on Christmas, well, uh, let me put it this way. I, I hope I, I was able to get, and this is only a copy of the treasurer's check I carried to the city manager's office and gave him a check for $10,000 from our church to the fire fund. And that was because of you. God is good. God is good. God is good. But what, and then what really excited me is have a check for $140,000 that were given to Century Bank to say this is one year's worth of mortgage and we're cutting down our debt. And why did that happen? Woo! Amen. And why did that happen? Because on Christmas morning, on Christmas morning, just Christmas morning, I wanted you to raise this during the month, but on Christmas morning, you gave an offering of $169,000. One offering. Come on, let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Lord. 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 You, you need to understand, it, it, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. And, uh, and uh, were you the treasurer at one time? Elder Roy was the treasurer at the church at one time, way, way back. <laughs> that, that would have been about two to three years worth of income for that church and to see what God is doing. No, no. The longer you live, the more you appreciate because you have something to compare it to. Amen. Uh, next Sunday, I'm going to show you a picture of what PT was only about 25 years ago so that you can see why I am always rehearsing the goodness of God. One of the reasons why I rehearse the goodness of God is because I learned a lesson in the Bible, and that is God was so annoyed with Israel because after all he did for them, they forgot. And if you read throughout the scripture, he would always go back to, you, re you keep forgetting two things, well, three things. Number one, you keep forgetting how I sent 10 plagues to release you from Egypt. Number two, you forget how I brought you through the Red Sea and destroyed your enemies. And then thirdly, you forgot how I kept you 40 years in the wilderness.
And folks, every once in a while, at the end of a year, or for me, your birthday, you need to look back and say, God, my soul looked back and wonders how I got over. Amen. Amen. God's been too good to many of you to be complaining the way you've been complaining. Turn your name he's talking about you right now. So our goal is to repair the outside of PT uh, South. As you can see, it's going to need a lot of work. And uh, so we need to be praying that God will give us the right contractors and that that would be accelerated. I was asking the Lord, well, Lord, why has it been such a struggle to kind of uh, uh, get PT South together the way we'd want it to get together? And the beautiful thing about it is that our issue is not money. Because why would we pay ten? Why would we pay a year's worth of mortgage payments ahead of time? And the Lord said to me. You all keep forgetting, not you all, but like me. He says, Brian, you keep forgetting that you are not wrestling against flesh and blood. And that the devil is fighting this house. And you have not matched prayer with the attacks of the enemy. So you all should be doing prayer walks around this building. You should be laying hands on it so that the glory of this latter house will be greater than the former house. God wants this church, and if you notice, if you come up the stairs, you'll see how the church originally kind of looked. God says, I want the church to look even better than when it was first built. But you have got to stop praying more because the devil Want, does not want this place restored to the glory of God. But tell somebody the devil is a liar. And this year we're going to pray like never before to see that this neighborhood sees the glory of God in his house. Amen. Uh, the, the, the next thing that we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to really, uh, really work towards more concertedly, and some of us are already seeing it and feeling it, and that is uh, reorganizing PT structure. Uh, this concept called iPad is an old concept. In fact, it's so old, I used to call it iPod. Okay. And, and this, and what I, what the Lord said to me is that these four things is what's needed to make sure that a church grows in a healthy manner. So this concept iPad will be with this church forever. Now, the next pastor or pastors, they may call it something different, but these qualities must take place if a church is going to be healthy. The I stands for influencers. John Maxwell in his book, uh, he's leadership guru when I was growing up. Uh, he has a book called Developing the Leader Within You. And he said, before you can lead somebody, you need to lead yourself. And he said, he said, my definition of leadership is very simple. Leadership is influence. Whoever has the influence is the leader. Come on, folks. 
That when you can be on a basketball team or a baseball team and people are not looking at who the captain is, who has a C on their shirt, they're looking at influence. And the challenge in our churches or in our classrooms or in our neighborhoods or even in our families is that there are children that if that. So we want to make sure that we're constantly pouring into leaders. Secondly, uh, pastoral care. And we want to uh, improve and build up our pastoral care system with the small groups and Stephen's ministry. Because my pastor, I was on a retreat with my pastor and a bunch of other pastors. My pastor's always saying this, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco, uh, International Family Church. He always says this, God is not going to give a church more people than they can take care of. And so in order for this church to grow, to the thousand that God wants for us, we have to build up an ability to take care of the thousand that God will send to us. Are you with me? And then the A is for, well, back then it was O for organization, but now the A is for administration. And we are spending, in this year's budget, we're spending thousands of dollars to set up a new uh, administrative office. Why? Because the church has got to run smoothly. And it got to be organized. And it, and, and, uh, it becomes complicated trying to do two, two uh, campuses and being involved in a number of things that God has called us to be involved in and to lead in other areas. Uh, and I want, to, I want to commend so graciously as our congregation hosted the New England District service on last Sunday. That was amazing. Uh, we had 570. We had about, I don't know, must have been about. And I was like, wow, God. And the Lord said to me, are you ready for this? as just PT. And the Lord has given us a glimpse into our future. But we have to be organized. We have to make sure that we can administer that. And then finally, discipleship. Discipleship. The command of Jesus, I talk about the command of Jesus is to go into all the world to preach true but he says really go into all the world and make disciples we have to disciple people we have to uh, the the neutral formation teaching people how to walk with jesus pray how do you worship how do you study the word how do you witness these are things that we have to be systematic in teaching are you with me so far and, and, and this is really my, my, my final point, because, because God says to, 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 um, I've always wondered when he said, I'm going to change your name from Sarai to Sarah. Are you with me? And when you look it up 
in no the etymology of the word Sarai, S A R A I, with me, and Sarah, S A R A H, they both mean the same thing in dictionaries. But when I dug a little deeper and I found this, I guess I call him a Hebrew theologian. Because the word, if you look in a regular dictionary or a regular etymology, it, the word Sarah means princess. Are you with me? The word Sarai, Sarah, Sarai and Sarah, they both mean princess. So I said to myself, you know, I, I have to come down and give my wife five on this one. I, I, I said, I said to myself, God, you changed your name from Sarah, Sarai to Sarah. That makes no sense. You changed your name from, watch this, princess to princess. That makes no sense. <laughs> But what happened, what the Lord said, no, you look at what this man is saying. And what I discovered was that uh, the A-H at the end of Sarah's name was a shortened form, A-H, of Jehovah. So what the Lord was saying to her is I'm changing your name from princess to the Lord's princess. You were just trying to be a prince, but now you're my princess. And because you're my princess, what you couldn't do at 65 you'll now be able to do at 90. Oh, you better get ready for this 90th year because God is saying what you couldn't do before PT, what you couldn't do before folks in your life, get ready, you're about to be able to do. But the, and this is really my last point. How important discipleship is. How important, and I thank God for what Elder Albert, Reverend Albert shared, how important it is for you, if God has planted you in this church, to stay connected to this church. Now, if this isn't the church that God has placed you in, that's fine. But it's important for you to stay connected because in this church, are people who are going to save your life. I never realized how important that was until on my birthday, I got, and I thank many of you for saying, and I got texts and emails and um, wonderful cards. You know, people really uh, congratulating me and blessing me on my birthday. But... Um, Elder Troy, uh, 
I was in a prayer room. I was, I said to the Lord, Lord, how, how I want to do my, my birthday differently. And, and the Lord said, I want you to spend, you know, a few hours in the prayer room on your birthday. And I spent that just hearing from God and just talking with God and just trying to get a sense of, okay, God, how do you want me to spend this year, my 58th birthday? How, how do you want me to spend this year? And, and why I was in the prayer room, I heard these steps coming up uh, down the hall and you know, I heard a little knock and it was Elder Troy. And Elder Troy started sharing with me basically and I'm 58, and Elder Troy last month turned 50. You don't know that, but you know, he's, it's his jubilee year. <laughs> and so we're eight years apart, which is nothing now. But way back when, I was his Sunday school teacher, and I was 21, and he was 13. And that's the difference. Amen. Be careful. You may be sitting next to some little child, and next thing you know, they'll be your spouse. <laughs> 30 years later, like, <laughs> I used to hold you on my lap. <laughs> oh, but I digress. <laughs> some of you are like, that's not funny. <laughs> Where was I? Anyways. But I remember that uh, Elder, Elder Troy was, was sharing with me, and he said, you know, Bishop, I, wanna, I just want you to know that um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I just hope that all that you, that you feel that all that you invested in me as I you know, have become, you know, as I've come to PT at 29 and 30 around there, that all that you invested in me, that you you see the fruit of that. And I said, of course, of course I see the fruit. I mean, I, I, I can't be more prouder of what God has done me. And, so because, and he said, because you know, as, you, as I remain attached to you, I see the blessings of the Lord on my life. And then he said, I have, but I do have one regret. I do have one regret. And I asked him, I'll let, I'm going to let him share in his own words uh, what he shared with me. And then we'll pray. The significance is that uh, I'm a guy who, who expresses myself through acts of service. So love language is, is doing to mature myself and get to a place that I can kind of be like our bishop and write cards to express myself. So my, my first stab at that was to verbalize myself to him, and, and, and I knew where I could find him in the prayer room, right? So what I expressed to him, my regret was being back then when I had the opportunity to stay, to, to come under his leadership and mentorship at, in Sunday school, that I didn't. There were not too many things that I regret. The things that I regret 
really had significant negative impacts on my life. And the decision that I made not to stay under the leadership of Bishop at a young age had so many negative impacts in my life. But it was also that one thing that returned me back to God because when my opportunity came uh, to get back in right standing with the Lord, I found him not as a Sunday school teacher, but as the pastor of Pentecostal Tabernacle. And it was that moment that I realized I've been given another opportunity. So as he's turning, as he turned 58, I just recently turned 50. I retired when I was 49 so that I could be in the house of the Lord and serve here unencumbered by having to be focused on bringing an income from the world. That happened under this leadership. So the, 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 just simply saying the regret, I'm trying to give you context to how I felt when I was saying this to him on his birthday. And on his birthday, I found him in the prayer room. So that speaks about the consistent character and faithfulness of him as a man of God. I didn't have him say that to, you know, as, as Elder Roy has said, I'm not trying to pump myself up. But, but the Lord really has said to me uh, during this weekend as I'm praying and thinking, he said, Brian, you need to be bold enough to tell people to follow you as you follow Christ. And there's a lot of good men in this church whose lives are emulating what it means to walk with God. Next month, ladies, next month, young men, next month, we are going to be doing a series for the entire month, and it's going to be on identifying a man of God. And the goal is to help you as young men to know what a man of God looks like. And more importantly, well, I shouldn't say more importantly, just as important to help you young ladies to know how to identify a man of God so that you don't waste your time. Because next month, we know what next month is. Somewhere in the middle of the month. Okay, yeah. Deacon Vera says, my birthday. <laughs> she was born on the 14th of February. But we want, we want to keep you out of trouble. And, and so next month, we're going to talk about four characteristics 
of how to identify a man of God. You want, want me to tell you what the four is right now? Okay, okay. All the women say, yes! Yeah. We're going to talk about how to identify a man of God by his social life. Number two, how to identify a man of God by his spiritual life. Number three, how to identify a man of God by his standing in life. And number four, how to identify a man of God by his serving lives. Amen. So we want to encourage you. And this is all discipleship. This is all discipleship because we want to make disciples.